This is Dan Fagell, and you're listening to the AI in Business podcast. When people hear about our flagship research here at Emerge, which is called the AI Opportunity Landscape, they presume that what we're delivering to the client is really a map of use cases and where the return on investment is within their sector. And certainly that's part of it. But actually, a lot of what's delivered is determining the level of AI readiness of the organization we're working with and matching the use cases to what they can actually handle and what's reasonable for them. Determining AI readiness is a tough challenge. There's a lot of different considerations to take into account, and we like to get perspectives from different experts, folks from cutting-edge startups and also folks who work for some of the biggest, fastest-moving tech companies in the world, and Amazon is definitely one of them. Joel Minnick uh, was once with AWS. Now, at, at the time of this recording here, he's since moved over very recently to work for Databricks, but at the time of this recording, he was with AWS. Joel speaks with us this week at, at an enterprise level, and Amazon's work with larger companies. What does AI readiness really mean? What does it imply for a firm to be ready to adopt and to deploy artificial intelligence? Kind of a unique perspective. Amazon, again, working with many of the biggest brands in the world, AWS being sort of the uh, the place where a lot of AI processes are housed for larger organizations. And Joel has a nice viewpoint on how he defines AI readiness that I think will be helpful for you as well. If you're interested to learn more about our flagship research, how we essentially showcase the ROI of AI and help companies pick high ROI projects, you can learn more at emerge.com, that's E-M-E-R-J.com, slash A-I-O-L, that's AI Opportunity Landscape. Emerge.com slash AIOL. You can learn more about our flagship research. We have a little two-minute video up on that page to showcase um, how it is that our research works and what it is that we deliver. So check that out if you're interested. And without further ado, we're going to hop into this episode. This is Joel Minnick, who was with AWS, is now with Databricks here on the AI and Business Podcast. So, Joel, before we start talking about um, getting companies caught up when it comes to AI readiness, I think it's important to get your thoughts on what AI readiness implies. What are the pillars? What are the parts of AI readiness at an enterprise level? Yeah. Um, when it comes to thinking through AI readiness, there's really two pieces to it. The first is the technical piece and understanding the science of machine learning. And I think that is one that with the different choices out there, uh, ML services today, you can go on a journey there with if you've got data scientists in house, you can begin to use some of the really powerful advanced machine learning tools. Fantastic. But there's also been a lot of advancements made around managed AI services that can take care of a lot of the data science for you so that what you really have to focus on then is the customer problem and bringing the right data to the problem and allowing these services uh, to help you find the answers and to help you move faster as your folks get skilled up and get more and more of that data science expertise underneath of their belt. I think the other piece though, that's really uh, interesting as you think about readiness though, is the readiness of the business. Because what's really important about machine learning is that it's not just a technical problem. And what I chat with customers a lot about is really making sure that when we sit down to talk about machine learning problems and what, what machine learning problems we want to tackle within an organization is that we have both business experts, subject matter experts, and technical experts at the table because you have so much, uh, so much of machine learning success is based on the data that you bring to the problem and understanding what data is important as well as understanding 
what actually makes for a good prediction? If we build a model that recommends things that just aren't feasible or don't make sense in the context of the business, then that model's not helpful. And so really assessing that both the business organization uh, sees value in machine learning and the technical organization is ready to pursue it and invest in it are two halves of that readiness problem that customers need to consider and make sure that both sides of the organization are on board to go after that problem. Okay, this is an interesting way of slicing it. I've had a lot of people put together more pieces, but I kind of like this really simple sort of two halves to the whole deal. You're talking, just to clarify here, the tech side of the house, as it were, and the business side of the house, as it were, would this be the colloquial way to refer to these these parts and kind of their agreement and communication? Yeah. I mean, I think an example here would be if a organization was to pursue personalization and say that we really want to begin to engage in providing better product recommendations or better offers to our customers or better content if we're more in the media space. It's really important that in that case, your product teams or your marketing teams are on board with that initiative, that they're going to be at the table helping to craft what that solution is going to look like, as much as it is important that the development teams are at the table thinking through how to implement it. Because when you have these machine learning solutions that you're building to go and do these things like engage your customers in a much better way, these are now customer-facing business outcomes that you're trying to pursue. And making sure that these business experts are there with you and helping to guide the solution on that I have found to be really important in making sure that the the models that get built are actually models that get used. Yeah, the cross-functional AI team dynamic is brand new for a lot of enterprises, especially at the level that AI requires. We often talk about kind of the education gap of the subject matter experts even knowing they're needed uh, mm-hmm. or or the business leadership understanding basic AI use cases, basic AI terminology, understanding how these teams need to work. You know, the point that you just said there that you can't just give them the specs and let them off in a room and then they plug it in. You know, it's it's not a plug in here. There's this a pretty, pretty iterative collaborative process that has to happen to do anything, recommend products, uh, deliver a service. What does closing that education gap sort of look like? You talk about the business side of the house. I'm wondering if you you know, have noticed anything about what companies are doing to try to level up that part of the, I guess, the understanding gap. Yeah. There's an interesting pattern that I've seen emerge within organizations as they begin to go through this. Actually, just to take kind of a step back, I think what's been really interesting to watch is, is the evolution of machine learning over the past few years. Because Quite honestly, we went from machine learning being an aspirational technology to something that's mainstream extremely fast. Um, and we're finding that, to your point, there is a lot of education that has to happen. And so the pattern that, we, that we've seen here is first and foremost to find a champion. And this is typically somebody who's kind of senior in the business. And the reason why this is so important is because the kinds of problems that you're likely going to want to point machine learning at is going to be a problem that has good, strong business impact to it. You want to be sure that this is on the radar of your senior leaders, and it's something that everybody knows is is a hill we're going to take. And so as we think about that, that that role of the senior leader, they are that champion and enabler. As that champion, they're setting the vision. 
And they're doing a good job of inspiring the rest of the organization on what the outcome it is that they're trying to pursue. And then as we kind of go through that, one of the roles that they've got is to identify who those business stakeholders are going to be and who those technical stakeholders are going to be and bringing those two sides of the house together, particularly if that's not a natural motion inside of the organization as, as it typically exists. The second thing then is once those groups have been brought together is to go through kind of working backwards from what are some of our biggest problems and identifying where do we think we could move the needle with machine learning. And this is something if you've got some good machine learning uh, skills in-house, you can probably do this yourself. If you feel like you need some help, um, it's something that somebody like AWS could provide through a program we have called the Solutions Lab or something that a solution provider out there could help you with as well. But to begin to kind of narrow down into a list of problems that we could solve quickly, but we would have meaningful impact if we did it. And the rest of the organization could get excited about the fact that we solved this problem. This would be something that would prove the capability of machine learning. Because I think one of the, the biggest mistakes people can make here is picking a problem that can be solved quickly, but nobody cares if it's solved. And that doesn't do anything to prove to the rest of the organization that this is the new way. And this is where we want to go and continue to invest in. Kind of the second thing that can, begins to emerge there then is really thinking through the data strategy. One of the challenges that almost every organization has today is that data can end up in lots of silos. Now, one of the things that machine learning benefits from, though, is getting a really wide set of inputs and seeing how the data begins to fit together. And so thinking early on about what is our data strategy going to be and how are we going to start to break down those silos between the different parts of our organization? It's not something you have to do for that first project. In fact, I would often coach customers to think about where they, they could work within a silo and still get to an outcome that matters uh, because breaking down those silos can take time. But because it takes time, it's important to start thinking about now. The third piece then is now getting into that skill development. So we've talked about the fact that there are these managed services out there, and AWS has quite a few of them, that can take care of the science for you. And that can be a place to start. You are ultimately going to want to begin to build custom models as well. And so having people who get skilled up in data science, having people who get skilled up in the application engineering side of machine learning is important. And some of those folks you can hire but frankly, the demand out there versus the supply is, is out of balance at the moment. And so you are going to have to build the skill development in-house. One of the ways that I've seen that happen really well is where that champion puts in place an event where folks can kind of rally around the fact that we are making a push into machine learning. There's lots of ways to do this. One way I'll just uh, mention that we've seen some success at AWS is we have a, a program out there called the Deep Racer League, which is where developers can build autonomous scale cars and learn machine learning along the way of doing it. Now, this was something we had started initially as, as a global league. Over the last year, we've seen uh, tens of thousands of folks participate in that league. But one of the surprising things when we had it was that we had a lot of enterprises begin to 
to raise their hand and say, we want to run those leagues internally as well. And so we now have a program to do that for enterprises where that can be a kickoff event to identify that community in-house who wants to go invest in this technology, has now a reason to keep getting back together and discuss ideas and discuss new techniques and, and begin to build those skills. Um, that's one example. There are yeah, lots of other yeah. ways inside the organization as well. The other piece, though, is as you identify that team who's going to focus on the problem, make learning machine learning their job. And this is something that when we began inside of Amazon to really make a big push into machine learning, we made sure that as developers were transitioning and becoming ML engineers, that we were deliberately putting them through a program where a certain amount of their time was going to be spent on learning and getting hands-on with the technology and being able to take those skills back to their teams. And I encourage customers to do that as well. Don't make learning machine learning uh, for your engineers who are focusing on these, these initial problems a nights and weekends job. Give them the freedom to focus on it. It's going to pay dividends for a very, very long time for your business to give them the freedom to invest in getting those skills. And then as they go and they, they tackle that first project, hopefully they see the results uh, that you wanted to see, really coming back and evangelizing that success and letting the rest of the organization get a lot of transparency into what the results of that project have been and how they did it. And that this wasn't something that, that took moving mountains to be successful with. And then taking that first set of engineers uh, and scientists who went and built this application and transplant them into other teams. Be really thoughtful about now that I've empowered this, this set of folks to get these skills, I'm now going to turn them into mentors. I'm going to go embed them in lots of other teams around my organization so that they can help those teams go through the same kind of transition. And having those those new development teams get the benefit of somebody who's gone through it and somebody who's learned the lessons and somebody who understands the end-to-end -end machine learning workflow is going to help those new teams move faster, not repeat mistakes, not reinvent the wheel, and ultimately see all of those uh, subsequent projects that come out of the organization get to production that much faster, that much better. Big time. Well, you you covered a ton here, Joel. I'm I'm going to try my best to nutshell this if you'll let me, and then see if you can kind of correct us because I know some folks are going to say, "Oh man, I want to write this stuff down. I want to get a little bit of a sequence here." Obviously, you guys are looking at a lot of different enterprises. As a total aside, it's it's interesting for me to see what the big players like uh, Microsoft, who we've done a lot of interviews with, and, and and Google and Amazon are doing on the tool side and on the engaging enterprise side. You know, it's like getting developers to build these cars as a way to get them interested in ML and introduced to Amazon, like all the weird circuitous ways to get enterprise started and to kind of bypass some of the skills gap and initial hurdles is really fascinating just from a marketing standpoint. But anyway, all right. So he, here's, here's sort of what I got jotted down, Joel. Let me know what I can kind of correct and, and uh, adjust. One was it, it seemed like you kind of began with the locus of and I could have been wrong here, but you began with the locus of a champion of sorts who has the authority to bring a project to bear and understands what projects need to be brought to bear that are actually sort of of a certain degree of, of importance. 
then there was kind of like assessing our internal sort of data assets and potentially determining what those high priority initiatives could be. And you mentioned there's kind of programs where people can, you know, uh, think through that stuff. And then, you know, obviously rolling out the initial project, doubling down on it, and then splintering those skills outward sort of into the business. Was that a proper order? Did we begin with the the champion there? Um, I, I just want to make sure I'm kind of getting the general flow that you've seen in enterprises today. Yep, you got it exactly right. Awesome. Okay, nice. I, I, uh, it's good to ha- good to have a pen next to me when I do these things, Joel, because <laughs> a lot of ideas come come flying at me quick, and I don't always get them in order. So, uh, okay, great. Yeah, and I, I man, I I couldn't double down enough on point number one and number four. I think that without that champion who gets it, it's jeepers is it hard to to drive something forward when everything is a surprise. Like we we have to spend how much on cleaning the data? We have how much certainty this is going to work out we have you know it's uh we have to bring on what kind of talent and then for the for the fourth bit there you talked about kind of having that initial project retaining those learnings and then having those other folks help to kind of build the skills of other people in the team mm-hmm. obviously an extremely important part of the land and expand for AI. I don't think there's really going to be any other way that it happens in the enterprise. Any details about how that gets done well, Joel? I thought that was a really great point you brought up. You know, when it comes to taking that initial team and helping them become mentors, is there anything else people should know about how that gets done well? I think what helps it get done well is as you are thinking through that, those initial set of problems you want to go and solve is you're going to select one. That's going to be the one that you're going to go after first. But being thoughtful about what projects two, three, four, five are going to be and not losing those, not letting that be something that then gets put in a drawer, but knowing that those are the next things that are up on the machine learning roadmap for the organization and making sure that the teams who are going to be responsible for solving those problems are at least getting, getting insights and updates of how that first project is going. Some of the things I've seen work really well are sometimes that first team is scheduling kind of a monthly lunch and learn about here's where we're at. Here's what we're learning. Here's what we're finding is working really well for us. Here are places we've, we've learned that we need to go and invest. Um, and that can be really important because some of those things can often be more infrastructure sorts of, of challenges that they're trying to solve for. Uh, or data data cleanliness challenges they're trying to solve for, that these these teams waiting in the wings can go and do now. They don't need to wait for these mentors to land inside of their team before they get started on those things. Yes. And so it's a way for them to still begin to come along in the process, even though they haven't quite got to the machine learning science yet. And then also making sure that the folks who are going through this first project know what's next, that they know when this project gets landed, that some of them are very likely going to remain and stay and continue to evolve that solution, but that others are going to go out and begin to embed themselves in other teams and take on new challenges and really make that an important thing. Those people are are your internal evangelists now on yes. what's going to be next in your org and make sure that they're excited about that and that they realize how important that is for the organization. Because if when you ignite that passion in them, and you, you're bringing them along on what is the future for the organization. I find that they are just the level of, uh, of teaching and the level of engagement they have as they go and land in these, in these next teams is just really powerful. And they, they do such a great job at getting 
all these these engineering teams that kind of span out of that first project just as excited as they were to go after these challenges and and move fast and solve big big problems um, and ultimately deliver much better experiences for their customers. Yeah, I mean, you know, you ask what's a what's a bigger deal, you know, a Harvard MBA or really practical in the weeds experience in applying AI in an enterprise, which is a really messy, super rare experience right now in business, got to be the latter <laughs> across the board in many respects, right? Those are those become your gems, I guess, that that house this this really unique experience that they can then kind of share with the rest of the team where no matter where you went to school, you don't know it. Yeah. And I mean, and just even kind of looking one step up above that, I mean, there's only a few times typically in kind of the the evolution of technology where there are these sea changes in the way things are done and giving folks the ability to be part of that, to be at the front end of that wave in their organization is just such a motivating, empowering thing. Big time. Uh, and And I think that getting that initial momentum ball rolling, I think a great thing that you brought up, Joel, was to retain those learnings and to share that. I like the lunch idea. I hope that somebody on this, uh, one of our listeners will actually enact that lunch idea. Shoot me a LinkedIn message and let me know that you did it. Definitely not heard that one, but anything that gets that osmosis factor going early in a company is awesome. And Joel, I appreciate the practical insights. I know that's all we had for time on this episode, but thanks again for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. That's all for this episode of the AI and Business Podcast. We're continuing this Saturday with our AI Futurescapes series. If you're interested in stretching your imagination of AI's implications farther into the future, of course, most people know Emerge for our down-to-earth, what's working now, where's the ROI now perspective. That's what we're known for. But this Futurescape series is about pulling your imagination forward into the future. If you're interested in that, join us this Saturday. We've got a great guest from the IEEE who's going to be speaking with us about AI governance in our 12-part series on AI governance that is continuing this upcoming Saturday. So I hope to keep you here for that. And beyond that, we're going to be kicking up next Tuesday, diving back into AI use cases. We've got more on logistics and more on a variety of different industries in the weeks ahead, and I look forward to having you with us. So that's going to be it for this episode. I will hopefully catch you this weekend.